This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 2, Episode 7. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. And guess what, guys? It's somebody's birthday! Happy birthday, Elisa. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I was uh, hoping we could just ig- ignore this treacherous day. Oh, really? No. Well, that's um, a big coincidence because we actually talked to a few people about you today, and they had some birthday wishes for you. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. What the fuck is happening right now? It's <laughs> time so for you to be quiet. quiet. Hey, this is Julian. My favorite thing about you has to be something that anybody who's a friend of yours knows, and that's how unbelievably supportive you are. No matter what else is going on in your life or our relationship, you're always there for me when I need you, and you can't possibly overvalue that. That and the way you lit up like the eye of Sauron when I brought you flowers earlier today. Happy birthday, beautiful. Hey everyone, it's Truman. It's Elisa's brother, and happy birthday, Elisa. Sorry to catch you so off guard you can blame laura for this i would probably say my favorite thing about elisa is her laugh how distinctive it is whenever i make a joke and she laughs along with it i don't ever usually laugh at my joke because i think my own joke is funny i laugh because her laughter is super contagious and it's probably the thing i think of most whenever i think about her um, I still remember when she went to see The Daily Show with Jon Stewart for the first time. She watched it live, and I watched that same episode that she was on. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I'm able to hear Elisa. And sure enough, I did. I could hear her over the crowd. I'm just like, oh, great. She's embarrassing herself in front of all those people. Thank you. Happy birthday, Elisa. I love you. Happy birthday, Elisa. My favorite thing about you is that you're my best friend. And you're always so generous and open-minded oh. and and kind to everyone around you, always taking others into consideration before yourself. So that makes me so very proud of you. I love you very, very much. Always. Hi, honey. I'm just dad. My favorite thing about you probably is that you're half me. <laughs> no. I think my favorite thing about you uh, probably goes all the way back to elementary school when you got the award for the most compassionate. You're the most compassionate person I know, um, certainly more than I am. But uh, I love you, and uh, I hope you're having a happy birthday. Sorry that we all couldn't be together, 
you should be getting a surprise today. Well, by the time you hear this, you would have already gotten it. So, okay. So happy birthday. I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, there you go. I feel like I'm at Elisa's wedding reception. (laughs) Elisa, what, what are you feeling right now? <laughs> yeah, the uh the the top note in our doc Rip Harper Lee was just a just a dummy note. Yeah. Wait, it actually, really? yeah. yeah, she actually didn't she didn't die. That was all a ruse. Yeah, this yeah. whole story was a ruse. I'm prepared for that story. <laughs> I'm kidding. I can't I'm I can't even I I I can't even believe you guys did that. It's unbelievable. I'm I'm over here texting laura like frantically like what the fuck is happening yeah like truman said you can blame laura for putting that all together but yeah it was nice to hear from your your family yeah i i don't even know what to say i'm i'm kind of in tears a little bit that was i knew it i knew it i told you what did you get that surprise from your dad by the way he yeah he sent me flowers today oh god you got a lot of flowers yeah way to go monty that's seriously, guys. Thank you so much. That I I don't even have words for the how for how much that means to me. Well, well it's, it's fine. It's never happening again. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not quite true. We also got some messages from some of our listeners that we're going to play later on in the show for you. Yeah, we didn't want to overload you. Yeah, at the start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we still need you for another hour. Okay, so moving on now, we have a couple of quick election updates, and we're calling this the Election Minute because we're not going to spend too much time on it. So be happy. Yeah, so basically what we want to do is on weeks where there's not a whole lot to talk about – or like we really just can't take this election election bullshit anymore. We're just going to share the latest updates as quickly as we can, hopefully in a minute. So first thing, Hillary won – what is it? Nevada? Mm-hmm. Not not Nevada, Nevada by four points. So congratulations, Madam Secretary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump won South Carolina by like a lot. It's not even worth talking about how much he won it by with Marco Rubio in a distant second. Jeb dropped out. Jeb! No! <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the next things that we have to look forward to are going to be South Carolina for the Dems and Super Tuesday coming up on March 1st. Oh, so excited. But I am sad about Jeb. There was so much hope there at the very beginning. Then his brother and his mom came in at that last week as a last-ditch effort. Mm-hmm. It's just – it's so funny how, like, everybody thought he was going to be, like, the one of the front runners of this whole election before it all started. And just how it all unfolded with Trump. It's it, it. Do you think I, I think that Trump like pretty much just destroyed his his campaign? Yeah, this is not the year for the establishment candidate. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is the year for people who have a history of getting things done mm-hmm. and then just ending it there. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for politics this week, sort of. Um, but it won't it won't be election politics. So. Did you, want, did you want to read that confession, though? I was, thought that was interesting. Somebody sent that through the confession. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I lied. After this, I promise no more election stuff. <laughs> so we got a confession that said, let's have a discussion about Hillary Clinton's $650,000 speeches that she won't release. This podcast should stop pretending like she's this amazing person. 
Yeah, I actually do find it a little unsettling that they won't release the transcripts for those speeches because it does make her make it sound like she's hiding behind a walled garden, and uh, it just doesn't sit right. Maybe she will release them. Maybe she won't. If she doesn't, I'll be a little be a little weirded out by that. I mean, I can understand people feeling uncomfortable with it, but I will say that people. I do think that people ignore some of the facts that are out there, like the fact that she has all of her um, speech income for the year 2014 listed on her website. Like you can go and look at that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that her income and stuff for 2015 is not up yet because she hasn't filed her taxes yet. So I would at least give her some time to file those before you start complaining. As for the content of the speeches, I, I do have mixed feelings about that. It does make me wonder why she doesn't want to release them. But at yeah. the same time, she probably knows that no matter what, it's going to hurt her to release them. Just based on what the, the narrative of this campaign has been, that could be why. Um, but then the last point that I would like to address is the one that we apparently pretend that Hillary Clinton is an amazing person. Well, you kind of do. No, I don't. <laughs> No, here, let me let me just let me just lay down the law here. Okay. I don't support Hillary Clinton because I think she's a great person. I don't want to be her fucking friend. I don't want to braid her hair and paint each other's fingernails. I want her to be the president. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it has nothing to do with what I think about her on a personal level. She could be a bitch for all I know. Quite frankly, I don't care. Just like I don't care that her husband got his dick sucked. Mm-hmm. Just like I don't care that Marco Rubio might have a mistress. Literally, zero fucks. Do not care. I'm the only person who supports her on the show, so I'm not sure. What? Whoa, whoa, this... whoa. <clears throat> no, but you're not the only I... person. On this show? On this show? Yeah. Who do you think I support? Two uh, episodes Ted Cruz. Ago, but two episodes <laughs> ago, you said you were undecided. I, well, I, I don't not support her. We'll see. I I think <laughs> Laura is saying that she is You've already decided. made your decision. That's Andrew, right. yes. you support whoever Anderson Cooper is interviewing at any given <laughs> yeah. moment in time. That's what you mean by undecided. Who's Anderson interviewing right now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm undecided. Who are we voting for today? <laughs> no, I think I will end up voting for her. It seems like she's certainly going to get the nomination, and I'm completely comfortable and, and would be in support of Hillary becoming president. But what I'm they saying is that we cannot confuse somebody's support for a candidate as being an endorsement of that candidate's entire personality. Yeah, you don't character. blindly. No, love her. not at all. There are lots of things that I disagree with Hillary Clinton on, and I would love to talk about them in an episode where we're not focusing on other stories. Today, we've got a lot of other stuff to get into. So, okay. Uh, by the way, there's a great site. I don't know if this is an official Bernie Sanders site or some fan made it, but they're, I'm forgetting the name of it. But you go to it and you can download a PDF document with all the speeches that Bernie Sanders has been paid to do. And you download it. It downloads a PDF file. It's just a blank document. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. That's actually that's a funny. I like yeah, that. I'll try to find it. One of my friends shared it. Um, um, let's move on to, oh no, you have one more thing. 
Yeah, sorry. So um, for those of you who are members of the Millennial Book Club or you haven't signed up yet, we are having our first Google Hangout this weekend. It's going to be either on Saturday or Sunday um, to discuss The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Excellent book. I'm so excited to talk about it. If you're interested in joining us, you should go to our Goodreads page. We'll provide a link for it in the show notes. Awesome. Let's move on to news now. We're going to talk about three not totally political stories. First of all, (laughs) this one kind of ties into this idea that I had for a segment in season two. We haven't done this yet. It's where we talk about a hashtag, a a trending hashtag. And one that's been trending this week is free Kesha. Um, There was big news this week in... What's so funny? No, because the entire time I was reading it wrong, I was reading it like... Freak Esha, and I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" Ah, uh, you are so not a millennial. I am clearly a failure. So anyway, a judge has denied freeing Kesha from her six-album contract with Sony and Dr. Luke, who Kesha says raped her amongst other abuse for a decade. Um, this case, this this lawsuit was actually filed back in 2014, but it's only starting to get noticed now because of what happened over the past week um, with the judge saying no. Uh, the judge appears uninterested in helping Kesha because there's a lack of physical evidence. And uh, this brings up the discussion that we've had previously over not believing women when they say they were raped. And kind of to add to the to the weird the weirdness of this news is that the the judge was a female you'd think she'd be able to sympathize but instead she's like there's no evidence <laughs> and just and just tells her no um lots of celebrities are finally voicing their support including taylor swift who donated two hundred fifty thousand dollars to her lady gaga Katy perry a bunch of other celebrities dr luke after this story started getting more traction over the past week finally made some public statements himself he of course denied the allegations um but this is only getting started the trial hasn't even begun yet we're currently in the discovery period and the trial isn't going to be starting until later next year in 2017 so what have you all heard about this case do you guys think it's pretty messed up that the judge denied cash should be freed from the contract yeah, I mean, it's this is what happens with, what, like, 99% of rape cases. Um, when there is no physical evidence, I think judges often feel like they don't have a leg to stand on. Um, but I do wonder if there's another way for Kesha to get around this. I mean, mm-hmm. could she not argue that it would cause her undue emotional distress? Not saying that she should have to. I'm just wondering if there's another way for her to get around this legally. Well, she can avoid working with Dr. Luke directly. She can work with another producer at Sony. Right. But, but Kesha, Sony still wants her there. And, and Kesha is saying, well, F that, because if I don't work with Dr. Luke, then Sony is going to try to screw up my album and they're going to want it to fail. Sony counters, well, why would we want your album to fail? We're, we, we, we get money from the album being a success, too. I heard that they I heard that Kesha's lawyers had said she could work with another producer. However, Sony will only promote her album and put their weight behind it if it's with Dr. If, Luke. That's right. That's and that that's written in the contract. So she can make an album, but it's not going to get any publicity in the traditional sense. 
unless she works with Dr. Luke. So it's almost the same thing as making her work with Dr. Luke. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is fucked up. Because is... they're not because Kesha because of the two, Kesha is actually the less uh the less favored in it because Dr. Luke makes so much money for Sony. Right. But haven't other victims come out as well? I thought I heard something about other women coming out and saying that he had abused them as well. Uh, I, well I haven't read any, but that doesn't mean that's probably not true. I didn't hear about other victims, but I did hear that Kelly Clarkson stated that she, not that she was abused, but that she had personal experience with Dr. Luke. Apparently he co-wrote her big hit, um, When You Were Gone, or whatever her first Since song you've been was. Gone. Since you've been gone. Thank you. I'm so <laughs> fucking like You were close. You were can, close. Can you can you tell that I'm old? Um <laughs> But and then she and she had said that he was an asshole. Not that he had abused her, but that he was an asshole. So and that's not the same thing, but I, I I don't know. The prob here's the problem is that it's the same problem with this case as there is with every rape case, which is that rape nine point nine times out of ten doesn't leave evidence and we have our judicial system runs off of the backbone of an evidentiary standard and i I don't think we can throw that out the window i i don't think that i think you know the evidentiary standard is pretty fucking important to a justice system Mm -hmm. but that being said there has to be some there has to be a better workaround for for special cases for victims of a crime that by its very nature doesn't have evidence. Even if, even if you were, these, these victims were to go to a hospital and get a rape kit done. And even if they were to find the guy's semen and anything else like that, that still doesn't tell anyone that they were raped. People are still going, people are still going to accuse that woman of lying. So they're short of video evidence what what can they do yeah yeah it's a really sad state it yeah because it just basically turns into a whole he said she said conversation yeah well and i think you know what elisa said is just right i mean my conscience tells me this is 100 percent bullshit and just another example of women not being believed Mm -hmm. but then the other side of me that you know kind of sort of understands the way our justice system works understands that there is a certain standard that judges are beholden to. Yeah. And anyway, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, but I feel like um, at this point, this has turned into such a disaster for Sony Mm -hmm. that they just need the letter out of the contract. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. I agree. Forget forget the forget the legal aspect of things. What the fuck are they thinking from a PR perspective? If I were working in their communications office, I'd be like, cut her loose. Yeah. It it's yeah. irrelevant. It's irrelevant at this point what the courts say. You are going down. You're sitting you're the captain of the Titanic. This is not this is not gonna end well for you. And it hasn't. I've already seen petitions with hundreds of thousands of signatures yep. saying we're going to boycott Sony and yada yada. Yeah. They'll be okay no matter what because they're so huge, but it, they're going to take a big hit in the media. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised this story has only gotten a lot of press recently because this thing has been going on for like four years. Two years. 
Has it? Has it really only been was two? filed in 2014? If that's what you mean. Um, mm. But I, I, I'm the support has actually been amazing for Kesha. The, the fans were out in droves in front of the courthouse last week when this all went down. And meanwhile, you know, getting back to this point about Sony and being stupid for wanting to continue this anyway, there's photos of Kesha now in the courtroom crying once the judge made the ruling. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> surely, surely they know now that nobody's going to support uh, Kesha's new album just to F over Sony. But it's it's a tough it's a between a rock and a hard place type of situation because, like, you want to support Kesha, but you don't want to support Sony. And that's why Taylor Swift put up this money, and I think other artists would probably put up some money, too, to cover her if she has to release the albums. Like, yeah. Oh. So basically, what you're saying we should do is pirate Kesha's new album to fuck over Sony, but then send the money directly to Kesha. Yeah, or like go to her live show if you can bear you know, I think TikTok, that's awesome. TikTok Sony live. can go fuck themselves. They suck anyway. My God. I know. Fucking Walkmans. I didn't realize Sony (laughs) was still relevant since like 1994. (laughs) Let's move on to our next news story. Yes. So if you've been listening consistently for the last few episodes, you'll probably notice that what started out as a hidden from the headline story has exploded (laughs) over the last couple of weeks. Last week, a judge ordered Apple to help the FBI break into the phone of one of the San Bernardino shooters who killed 14 people in December. Apple flatly refused, explaining that a version of their mobile operating system, iOS, would need to be designed without the encryption used on all iPhones currently. Apple believes that once created, this tool would leave users of the iPhone vulnerable to hackers. Apple CEO Tim Cook said this would be akin to creating a master key or a backdoor through which any iPhone could presumably be accessed. All of this comes on the heels of the FBI openly stating it believes manufacturers of smartphones should be required to create decrypted versions of their phones, as well as two anti-encryption bills being proposed in California and New York. Thus far, The CEOs of Google, Facebook, and a number of other tech companies have spoken out in support of Apple, but a national survey from Pew found that over um, just over half of all Americans believe Apple should unlock the phone, with 38% of us saying they should not, and 11% of us saying that we're unsure of what should be done. Now, I know the three of you have also been following this case pretty closely. Any initial thoughts? I have been so fascinated by this story, how it's grown, starting with Tim Cook's open letter that he released last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, here's, here's one issue at this point. I've had lots of thoughts about this over the past week, but this has gotten so complicated, this story, that I think it's really hard for any of us to wrap our heads around from a technical standpoint, because with the unlocking and, and the, 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 the local government there in San Bernardino unintentionally unlocking it and the backups and the blah, 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 blah. It's just – it's a lot to understand. And that's why I think so many people actually think that Apple should unlock it. I also think it's people like Trump who are going around being like, let's boycott Apple. They need to unlock that phone, blah, 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 blah. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the, the key issue – the key, the, the key fact everybody has to remember is this. If they do create this backdoor, it will have to exist on all phones just because – and this is the part I don't understand. That's how it works. That's what Apple says. Well, 
that's not quite true. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it is it is a lot of information to try mm-hmm. and and wade through. And the long and the short of it is that the FBI has made it very clear that what they're asking Apple to do is very limited in scope. And they believe that it would only affect that one particular iPhone. But but Apple but, is saying that's wrong. Right, because that's a little bit like saying we need to get into the San Bernardino shooter's apartment and we need a key. Now, that key is a master key, which is capable of unlocking any home in the country. But we obviously won't do that. We'll just use it for that one apartment. Right. Well, See what really, I'm saying? Yeah, what really scares me about all this entirely is that I there is no way that they can convince me that once they open, even if they do just say that they were only going to open this one phone, that that is going to be the flagship of a slew of other t- of other instances where this is going to happen. Right. It's Pandora's box. Exactly. Is, Once I you open it point, a little bit, you can never close it. Well, this is the point that Apple has brought up is that, yes, you may have the best intentions and you may say we're creating this program just for this phone. And the government is promising that they're going to keep this program secret. They're not going to let it fall into any, you know, any the hands of any negatively intentioned people. But it's also worth remembering that the FBI just got hacked this year. So I'm, uh, so I'm sorry, but like, if if you're capable of hacking the FBI, you're more than capable of copying software. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Like, and I mean, shit, they won't be paying attention to that. Oh, exactly. And I, I mean, I think one of the fears is that if if Apple were to do this, if they were to give over this software, do we really think that nobody else is going to come to them and try to use it? I think one of the fears that Tim Cook expressed was that leaders of countries that maybe don't have the same democratic practices as we do in the West might try to use that to openly spy on their people. (laughs) And I'm sorry. And I'm also thinking, let's say Apple bends over and does this for them. So now that backdoor exists. What happens the next time the FBI needs to get into an Apple device or another device and they can't? Are we going to create a second backdoor and a third and we're just going to have all these backdoors all of a sudden and then our phones seriously become really, really compromised? I think what we need to be doing right now, everybody, all these people who are complaining about Apple refusing, we need to fucking get down on our knees and blow Tim Cook until he comes (laughs) a billion times. We should be saying, Tim Cook, God bless you and Apple for creating a system so secure that the FBI and their people need to come to you to get in. I think that's amazing to know that the phone that you're holding is so secure that the government government can't get into it. It's fucking you are cool. So ready for that money shot, <laughs> I am. You can come all over me. Well, I think I think the other thing to consider too is I don't know that I believe that the FBI doesn't have a single person um, at their fingertips who is who is incapable of getting into this phone. I'm sure they have somebody. What I'm afraid of is I'm afraid they're trying to set a legal precedent, right? Because if the FBI hacks into the phone. That's one thing. But if the FBI makes Apple hack into the phone, like Andrew was saying earlier, then there's a precedent for it. Then when we have another terrorist attack, they can come back again and say, hey, same shit. Let us into the phone. Mm. And then it's just a slippery slope from there. Um, And, you know, I feel like I feel like even if you're not worried about hackers, 
I think you should be wondering if you actually believe no one in the government will ever demand to use the program again. Because guess what? It was just reported on Tuesday that the Justice Department is already petitioning Apple to decrypt 12 other devices that may contain crime-related evidence. It's already starting. Yeah, that's the thing is I the big problem here for me is that this just seems like an overreach of of authority because I I think it's completely acceptable if you have a warrant in open public court to go search something you want to search Apple headquarters or search that guy's house, whatever. All those things are, are legit and fair. But they, Apple's complied with all of that stuff. What they're asking Apple to do is not to comply with a standard bearer warrant. They're asking Apple to kind of upend their entire business model, which is built on security. So you're kind of, in effect, asking Apple to negate everything that they do. Like, you can't go to McDonald's and say, you know, uh, some terrorist bought a burger here and now you're no longer like allowed to ever sell burgers. Like, it's fine. Trust us. Like, it'll be okay just for a few years. I mean, it's a terrible analogy, but I'm saying that like, (laughs) but I'm saying that like, you know, like burgers being McDonald's thing, like that's what they do. If you take that away from them, what do they have? They have nothing. I feel like Apple is in a very similar position What the government's trying to do here. Um, is is completely up in that. I don't know. I don't feel like they have that authority. They have the authority to search shit, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of it. It would be bad uh, PR for them if, you know, everybody knew suddenly that the FBI can get into the iPhone. But let's say not Android. And you know how brutal those Android commercials are sometimes. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? Um, I don't think that the Android people have really been talking all that much about this yeah and and i'm sorry i'm sorry but if they're gonna want back doors into iphones of course they're gonna want them for droids too true i'm wondering if they have already like if it was an android they would have been able to the fbi would have been able to hack it probably i wonder if it's i wonder uh, if it's just apple i don't know if that's true because the thing is what the fbi is trying to do here is it's not it's not just as simple as them going to Apple and saying, here, unlock this. They're actually asking Apple to design a program that would bypass the security feature on the iPhone that only permits you 10 passcode tries. So, like, if you try to get into your iPhone 10 times and you put in the wrong passcode, it um, it locks. And the only thing that you can do at that point is erase it. You and know- these are these are features that Android phones have as well. Yeah. They did some math on the passcode unlocking, and I think to do it without Apple's help, it would take like five years because of the delays in between typing in the codes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, Yeah, I mean, well, right now, um, I think the limit on entering incorrect passcodes beyond a certain point is like one hour between each attempt. Mm. So oh, they're before, trying like, to the, the, before the it locks, yeah. Oh, and so they're trying to get Apple to not only give them unlimited tries to get into this thing, they also want them to get rid of the time limit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. No, it's too no. bad. This mm. this phone was like a four C or a five. Was a five C five C before Touch ID. So I was wondering, like, <laughs> oh okay, God. let's say let's say this phone had Touch ID. Would they just taken one of the dead shooters' hands and put put their fingers on the touch ID? Oh, probably. I had a feeling the guy was smart enough to turn off his iCloud backup six weeks before the shooting, so he probably wouldn't have had a fingerprint. 
Wait, what? <laughs> on there. You're thinking you think he was so? smart enough to do the six weeks thing. You, you, yes. You're assuming this guy's an Apple expert. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that he's an expert. It's, I mean, any dummy can put their fingerprint on an iPhone. Any dummy can turn off their iCloud backup. I'm just saying that he had the foresight to actually turn off his backup so that they wouldn't have access to what he was doing six weeks before the shooting. Unless it's on the phone. So that's why you're saying that's why they needed to get in the phone. That's why they want to get into the phone. Exactly. They have all of his iCloud backups. Apple complied with all of that. And that's the other thing. It's like we don't even know if there's anything on this phone. It may just be his dick pics for all we know. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) if there's all i like how you all are like ew i'm like yay but no it'd be so amazing if there's all this shit around this fucking phone they hack into it and it's like i don't know a bunch of youtube links to fucking muppets or something like they find nothing right i'd love to see wolf blitzer report on that uh, we just, got another dick pic. <laughs> gotten in the phone it's a it's a huge a huge dick pic <laughs> Coming up, Photoshop the blurred challenge. version. Photoshop challenge. Andrew with Tim Cook hovering over him. No clothes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Lots well, of cum. This is going to be something that we're going to be keeping an eye on, obviously, over the next couple of weeks as the story unfolds, because we are all Apple users here. So I'm concerned. Don't bend over, Tim. Stand strong. That's right. I stand with Apple. Seriously, it's 100%. Mm-hmm. Hashtag, hashtag free Tim Cook. <laughs> <laughs> this must not be a fun time for him. Or Kesha. No. <laughs> N- nobody this week, really. Yeah, or us, for that matter, because I like how I'm the bearer of like awful fucking news. I'm like you- the first horseman of the apocalypse. Every time we talk about the world ending, I'm always the one delivering this shit. But I have to, I have to ask, true or false, we're all going to drown. True. True. For tor- true. If you live on a coast. If, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm taking you all with me. So, New research published in the journal Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences has uncovered that our oceans are rising faster than we had previously thought. In fact, they're accelerating faster than any time in human history. Uh, as far as back as we can look is the start of the Roman Empire, and we can't see any further back than that. But since mm. then, this is, uh, oceans are rising faster than any time since then. So pretty fucking serial. Oceans now are predicted to rise between three and four feet in the next century. I want to clarify that three to four feet, first of all, is a lot no matter how you slice it. It only takes you know 12 inches to reach up to plenty of people's homes. New Orleans, Miami, Boston, Baltimore, all these major metropolitan cities they're going to go under um but three to four feet is actually only the global average so some cities will see that doubled others will see that not quite as much the east coast of the united states is expected to get hit particularly hard because spoiler alert we have marshes marshes already have water banks underneath of them so this is really fucking up our shit uh in fact 75% of flooding on the East Coast is because of global warming. That's what this new study says. Um, The change in frequency in flooding on the East Coast is actually really startling. In the decade between 1955 and 1965, for example, Annapolis, Maryland saw about 32 days worth of flooding. In the decade between 2005 and 2000. 15, 
they saw the same city saw 394 days of flooding. So you can see that shit's getting real. I guess my question to you guys is this. The United States is pretty much the only country, at least the only developed Western country that still has a problem with accepting that climate change is real. Um, good news is that more people believe that it's real now than ever before. Somewhere between 65 and 75 percent of Americans believe it's real. However, not all of those people believe that it is man-made. Some of them believe this is just the natural cycle of Earth. So what do we what do we do about that? What do we not what do we do about climate change, but what do we do about people not believing climate change? You know what I think? I think now is an excellent time to tell all of these deniers that beachfront property is on sale. <laughs> go go buy it. Let us know how that works out for you. My parents just bought a condo, but it's like it, it's like a third story. It's on the beach in New Jersey, but it's like a third story, so they'll be okay, I think. So it'll be a one story after this. <laughs> yeah, they'll have first floor. No, I think to to go back to Elisa's question, I think when I read this story in the New York Times, it was published on the 22nd, I was just reading this and thinking, like, there's a lot of factual information here. How do people look at this and still not believe it? Who's paying who to deny climate change? I mean, we know who's getting paid, but who's paying uh, these climate change deniers to preach that it's not a priority or it's not a problem? The oil companies uh, and, of course, other companies as well. But, okay, so I just answered my own questions. Point is, (laughs) why can't they just read these papers and stop stop accepting money? So there's an interesting – I wanted to to plug this book actually. There's this amazing book that answers your exact question, Andrew. It's called Merchants of Doubt. um, I'll post a link to it. But it is really fucking good and it's the history of why science-based phenomena, things that are known to be factually true, are still not believed um, and we're still being lied to, and it's because there are these merchants of doubt who are paid incredible sums of money to lie through their teeth. And the book starts with talking about uh, the tobacco companies and how they paid otherwise really good scientists and doctors to lie about tobacco causing cancer. And if you guys have ever learned about this, I mean, these people went in front of Congress and committed perjury and lied and said, no, there's no evidence to suggest this. And eventually it turned into, but, you know, maybe there's evidence, but it's still kind of unclear. And it followed this trajectory that climate change is now following. And fun fact, some of the same people involved with Big Tobacco, the exact same companies who were the third parties hiring these doctors and scientists and paying them off, are also still operating now. And they've been paid off by the oil companies to combat climate change. Great. So that's your answer. That's big tobacco. Like the whole scenario with tobacco is 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 linked in this way. So yeah. it's it's cool. it's fucked. I yeah. added it to my Kindle wish list. Mm-hmm. That book. And something else um, that's sort of relevant to this story is that recently FEMA announced that for states that typically tend to have disasters related to climate change, they're going to be tying their disaster relief money to those states having climate change plans. Mm. So states like, you know, Florida, all the Gulf Coast, 
um, any of the eastern seaboard. A lot of these states that have Republican governors who are climate change deniers, Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be required to come up with plans for how they're going to deal with this. Otherwise, they lose their FEMA funding. Yeah. Which is great. Feels hilarious. Well, it's great on the one hand, but it's because it's kind of like you're sticking it to him. But on the other hand, who suffers? Yeah. The That's poorest, true. the poorest among us, you know, they're always going to be the ones who suffer at, at the hands of these morons. That's true. Yeah. I will say oh. I, I I think to convince people, I, we have all, as Andrew said at the top of this, we have all these numbers, all these stats, and the science is so fucking clear that it seems obvious, right? But the trouble is that climate change doesn't really have a great PR campaign. Every time we hear about climate change, it's in the context of science and facts. And that only ever really serves to reinforce people who already agree with it. If you're trying to convince new people, the thing that always works, we've talked about this before, but the thing that works best are stories. People don't, people aren't moved by by Excel sheets and bar graphs. People are moved by anecdotes and by real men and women who are affected by by something. So in my opinion, I just I wish that we were seeing more nonprofits and think tanks and what have you putting their their money behind advertising the stories behind climate mm-hmm. change. The farmer who cannot yield enough crop because of the drought, you know, the the city that is slowly being flooded and no one's paying attention to it. I want to see that on the, on the news. That's a great idea. Yeah, But I yeah. mean, hurricane Katrina, I mean, if you need any other example, right. how could that not work for you? I agree with you, but the problem is people attribute hurricane Katrina. It, that's such a big monstrous event that they're going to say, Oh, well that happens sometimes anyway. Whereas if you, you know, you kind of record the stories of, of, you know, again, like the farmers and like the average everyday people, the stories that are that are silent, that aren't being told. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, that will and, have. And then you put it, you pair it with climate change. It's a thing. So, you know, Hurricane Katrina, show footage of that. And then at the end, climate change. It's real, y'all. Maybe let's do this. I'm serious. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Oh. No, I'm oh. saying let's do this. Let's oh. make videos about this shit. I want to shoot one, a PSA in front of Elisa's Chickahominy lake house <laughs> of it collapsing because it's surrounded by water. And it's and haunted. Elisa crying. <laughs> Can this be CGI? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be real in about four years. <laughs> <laughs> Explosions oh. everywhere. Your dad taking shots in the background to drink away the, the pain of losing Chickahominy. He, if, if Chickahominy was going underwater, he'd be shooting heroin. There'd be more than <laughs> shots in the parts, okay? <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. (laughs) All right. One last story today. All right. So to continue the theme of all of us going to die and no one really doing anything to stop it. uh, This past Tuesday, an Uber driver in Kalamazoo, uh, that's it's in like southwestern Michigan, is in police custody after a shooting spree of at least six people dead and two people wounded. I think that's, there were three shootings. This guy went through three, this Uber driver went around the area. Um, After this event, uh, Uber actually came out with a statement saying um, that they're really saddened about the whole situation, but that the driver passed a full-on background check. So the Uber Uber driver was uh, legit. It's just another example 
of how somebody cannot have and you know any prior record and manage to very easily obtain a weapon and go out and do something like this furthermore i think it's also it, it speaks about uber in a couple of ways because we've heard so many stories about uber drivers just going fucking nuts we had one here in atlanta recently he was using the the ride share feature i guess i don't use uber because they freak me out and they picked some guy up and the driver and the, the guy that he was sharing the ride with beat the guy up, took everything from him, stripped him naked and shoved his unconscious body, body into a gutter. Jeez. See, I don't think we should be really associating Uber with this because I don't, I don't think it's Uber that's attracting the weirdos. Of course, like that's I think just, it is. Really? I am. Um, yes. I, I disagree. <laughs> I, mean, I think I, you you could see hear a, li- a similar story. I'm I'm sure somewhere else in the country that didn't involve Uber. I no, think it's but just I mean, one of those instances, though, where like something like this is always is always going to attract these weirdos. Like Uber being so popular, of course, it wasn't going to last for everywhere. We weren't going to have some kind of attacks and such, and showing that there was a big loophole in the system of of Ubering. Because I'm these drivers saying, don't have any like benefits or anything, they are strictly doing this with their with their property, and they're just getting paid through an app essentially. Like that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think my thing is too. I just I begin to wonder how really truly how strict Uber is when they do their hiring. I know they say they do a background check, but I don't know what else they're doing. And like for me personally, I won't take Uber anymore because. Probably nine out of ten Uber drivers that I have encountered have been fucking creepers. I agree with you. My Uber experiences have been monumentally fucking bad. But did this guy have a record? That's my question. No, he no, didn't. he didn't because they, they. I think they do like two different kind of background checks. I think at very least. So then it kind of begs the que- it, it begs the question whether or not that matters so much if he didn't have a record then this was this was an asshole who just snapped and if you don't have a record how much can someone do about that you know what i'm saying No, i'm not saying that i'm not saying that it's uber's fault that he did what he did i'm just saying that it seems like the business model that uber has tends to attract these types of people it seems not not all the time but you also have to remember that their ceo has responded horribly to cases like this remember when that woman was kidnapped by her uber driver Mm -hmm. yeah and the ceo was basically like lol sucks to suck like i will say this to your point though laura and uh, i i take uber and lyft around dc and what i've learned is that uber does not interview their drivers in person but lyft does and the reason lyft does is because they think that there is an x factor to a a human that you can't get through resumes or even background checks and you can sometimes you just get a fucked up vibe from someone you know like much how much how i felt about about matt the first time i met him i was like (laughs) this isn't right we shouldn't we shouldn't go with this guy and 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 I, i do remember that first interview yeah, it wasn't. It didn't end well for you. Um, 
But but Lyft interviews their drivers because they believe in that X factor. Sometimes you get a vibe and that can tell you something. And Uber doesn't do that. Again, I don't attribute this to Uber at all. But I will say I wish they interviewed people. Yeah, that yeah, does make I a agree. lot of sense. I'm I didn't lo- know they didn't interview their drivers. I'm looking at a report from December that says Uber has 162,000 active drivers. I, I think it, it's too difficult to, to vet so many people. I don't blame Uber in the slightest for this. Of course, there's going to be crazy people. There's crazy people everywhere. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, even, but... I don't think it's it's a big case against Uber specifically. I in, honestly, I thought uh, after list, uh, reading the story, what I got from it was that this is a this is one of those cases where that not every mass shooter is mentally like disabled or no. challenged in any way. This right. man passed a. a pass a bunch of of tests that anybody takes through while getting employed like they had a full-on background criminal everything check on him and he passed like this well, is just a guy w- who wanted to shoot everybody here's my thing that i would like to bring up to andrew's point i worked at target when i was a teenager you guys all know this i had to go in for two not one but two face-to-face interviews so that i could run a cash register and Uber's telling me that they don't do face-to-face interviews for people who are driving around customers. Yeah. That sounds really bad to me personally. And I'm again, like Elisa, I don't think that this is Uber's fault. But I do think that they are seeing a really large number of freak shows working for mm-hmm. them because they're not – there's no oversight in their hiring process, apparently. Yeah. This is the saddest of all, is that we're talking so much about Uber here, and I think that that really exemplifies how kind of numb everything, yep. all these stories are, because I I really believe that the only reason that this story made headlines at all is because he was an Uber driver. Mm-hmm. I think that if, I mean, let's, drive-bys and shootings happen in Michigan every day. I mean, Detroit, Flint, I mean, every day. People die in the dozens and this made headlines and those other ones didn't. Why? Because it's more relatable because we know the name Uber. Because it's something all, new. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's angle. And otherwise, I'm not sure that we would even be sitting here talking about it, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. No. Fucked up. Yeah. Which the is exactly point, what a lot of people are hoping will happen, too. The other point that I would bring up, too, is that from, my, from what I understand, Kalamazoo is a very, very white area so again something that seems to strike many americans as being so out of the norm when it's something that happens all the time in major urban centers you know this this shooting is a very unique story white dude no background uh you know uber driver like these these are aspects that people who are pro gun pro second amendment uh, probably wouldn't want to talk about because it can it proves this is the problem with um, our Second Amon- right. Amendment and our gun laws as they stand. There wasn't anything special that stood out in a background check of this guy. So uh, again, though, crazy hair, crazy hair. It's always the people with the crazy <laughs> hair. Okay, so let's move on. We are going to do a very quickly. This kind of came up in our millennial Facebook group facebook.com slash group slash millennial show um a brain quiz yay, yay. I'm so excited. 
my brain. So what happened was, uh, I don't know, how did it happen, Laura? Did somebody bring it up? It wasn't us, though. Somebody posted, I forget who it was, I'm so sorry, um, but somebody posted the quiz in the group and jokingly suggested that we should, Bobby, that's right, Bobby K, if I remember correctly, her last name starts with a K. Okay. Um, Shut up, Matthew. So at any rate, she jokingly suggested that we should play this on the show and then I went in there and I was like, ha, yeah, we'll totally do this. So I kind of roped everybody into doing it. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So it's a long quiz. It's like 31 questions. Mm-hmm. I got left brain inclined rational. Okay. 56%. So not too big of a split. Huh. I see. Elisa, what'd you get? I got I got rational too, and I got 66%. Hmm. Which I was very surprised by. I thought I was whimsical. <laughs> Um, um, I got, oh, sorry, Matt. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I got left brain inclined digital at 60%. Huh. Um, I got left, right balanced with 50, <laughs> 50. I'm average. <laughs> I, I, that's, they didn't give me anything. They just said left, right balanced. Huh. What were the top words on both sides? Rational and imagination. Okay. Yeah, those are my top two as well. But this is kind of a myth, right? These brain tests. Oh, right. it's, yeah, it's totally fake. Yeah, I mean, they're fun to take. But honestly, the idea that you have one set of, of characteristics that you're better at because one side of your brain is dominant is false. Mm. <laughs> um, but I think what this quiz was really good at was sort of identifying different characteristics that we might possess and sort of steering us more towards whether we're analytical or creative right yeah Yeah. and we and people love to self-analyze themselves oh yeah be like be put in a niche something special that's different from other people so i mean that's why you i mean that's why we take a sorting hat quiz for fucking pottermore uh that's legit that's very that's different. 100% legit. Agreed. That's true. Okay. Ravenclaw for life. Horrible, horrible comparison. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Go repent. But like, I think one of the things to bring up about this is there's just so much about the idea of being left brain versus being right brain that is false. Like, for instance, I was always told growing up, people are like, oh, you're really good at languages. You must be left brained. Well, you know what else you're supposed to be good at if you're left brained? Math. I fucking suck at math. <laughs> So clearly that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I'm like apparently. Like, is there is there a version of dyslexia for math because I think I have that. I'm just stupid. I'm just I just <laughs> math stupid. That's really all it comes down to. I was a cashier for a little while at a convenience store as a teenager and I was that asshole who was holding up the line because someone would give me like a five dollar bill and their purchase costs like three fifty and I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and that's how terrible it is. And that's why I was surprised. I got what? Rational. I'm not remotely rational. <laughs> I got order and objective. Well you're kind of authoritarian, so I can see why that's <laughs> the case. Call you comrade Laura. Yeah. Why, you, why do you say that? You've what called you yourself a control about? freak. Well, for this show. A little bit. I had forgotten. Math is really, really small and far down my list, so. <laughs> I, math isn't even on my list. I got symbolic. 
Maybe it's because I hate describing. I'm so confused by you, Matt. You're symbolic. You're imaginative, but also logical. Like, what's happening in your head right now? I'm left-right balanced. All right, I swing both ways. Okay. So you like over there fantasizing about imaginary numbers and like jerking off to an abacus? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I know, but like, I can't. I can never grab the abacus. It's always floating okay. in the side of my eye. Let's move on to another game now. Um, this was also inspired by the Facebook group. Actually, no, this was uh, this is inspired by an AP choice from Brianna. She had asked us if we could have a quick chat on why people have to give names to the most ridiculous things that don't need their own classification, and your and she wanted our opinion on these terms and why they've come into existence. So, for example, ghosting or cuffing. So this got me thinking. I was trying to think of other words and then I was like, "Well, let me ask the Facebook group see what words that bother them or maybe they really like." And we got some great ones. It was a fun discussion in the group last night. <laughs> so, but we're going to play a game in that I'm going to ask you three what you think these words mean. And we're going to go through Urban Dictionary together and figure it out. Oh well, boy. I will. And you guys no cheating. So, so first of all, does anybody here know the term ghosting? Yes. Oh, I, this absolutely. is the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> Laura does it to me all the time. <laughs> why, why do you, what do you think, how do you both know it? Do you have experience with being ghosted or? Um, no, I am the ghoster. Oh, okay. So, usually. Um, so in, in my experience, ghosting tends to usually happen through dating apps or hookup apps yeah like you meet somebody on there and you talk for a while and then they just disappear mm-hmm. like they delete their profile or they block your number or whatever um and i've done this to many many a suitor on okcupid <laughs> you why not just block them that's isn't that essentially that, ghosting or yeah. is that is that peace outing no but i thought ghosting's like they so I'm like to visualize it. the 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 profile's still there, but it's just an empty shell. So like you could see the profile on a dating app, but you're not getting anything out of it. It's it's empty. Ghosting. Well, yeah, and I mean, usually when somebody deletes their, I mean, God, I know way too much about OkCupid. <laughs> usually, when somebody deletes their profile, it'll like you'll still have the history mm-hmm. there. But it'll be like this profile is no longer active or something like that. I don't see. I don't even consider it that what you that that bad because <laughs> you don't know these people personally. Half the time, like they're sending you pictures of their nipples and shit. So it doesn't. I, I don't see it as that bad. To me, ghosting is really when you're actually in some kind of semi relationship, like actual dating scenario, and then you just stop answering the phone. You stop responding to text messages. And yeah. you just completely fall off the face of the earth. I feel like there's a – it's not ideal, but it's excusable if you're having a casual chat with an okay Cupid person. Like that's mm-hmm. not as bad. I feel like I feel like it all fa- falls under the umbrella of ghosting. Yeah, yeah. I think like, just there's just more, more extreme cases than others. When I've ghosted, it's usually been through text messaging, like yep. dating situations, and I just start ignoring them. And then I remember a couple of people who were specifically like, hey, I know you're ignoring me. It's over, <laughs> right? I don't understand. I don't understand. If you're talking to somebody, why do you do that? I don't get it. Because Oh, okay. So this is another point I was going to make. I, I think it, it plays into the introvert in me. You're talking about ignoring them, right? I just That's text messaging. Oh, I go. Yeah, but I'm still introverted even digitally. Yeah. 
You just can't no, be bothered. I I ghost people when they get creepy. That's what that I hardly counts because they deserve it. Well, but, no, I mean, but it's still ghosting. But like I it doesn't. It's, like there's not, not a negative connotation. I but think the people that sure is. but the people that are get that are kind of weird that make you turn into a ghost, so to speak. When you're ghosting somebody because they're weird, is isn't it kind of also the fact that when someone doesn't respond to somebody else, they turn kind of crazy? No, I don't know. I, listen, <laughs> I, I think I don't know. I'm not a fan of ghosting. I think it's a kind of like I don't think what Laura's doing, at least I, I think ghosting has a very serious negative connotation where like I've heard examples from friends. They've been dating somebody for like legit like eight months and they're like, you know, meeting each other's families and then just fall at the face of the earth. That is was my previous understanding of ghosting anyway. And that to uh. me is beyond fucked up like there is a special place in hell for those people that yeah i have heard it defined that way as well and yeah that is that is really bad i've heard it both ways and it could also be that just in different communities of practice it could have like there could be slightly nuanced differences between the definition but i think in general the idea that you're talking with somebody you possibly have romantic inclinations towards them you disappear yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, That's how I'm is... gonna break up with this show. Remember everybody That's <laughs> <laughs> how is... I broke up with Smart Mouse. This is <laughs> this is a very <laughs> new term as well. We'll see how society decides to define it. Mm-hmm. Or they start ghosting. Okay, next word, cuffing. I haven't uh, heard of this one before. I've heard of it and I don't I don't know that I've got it right when I say this. But I feel like I've heard it used in the context of, like, being in a serious relationship. Like, you're settling down with somebody, right? Oh. It's close. Um, I thought it was, like, the the act of, like, when you take a picture and you put your wrist together under your face and smile. No. Like, like you put your wrists like they're being cuffed together. No, it's not that. I thought it was a cock ring. (laughs) No. It's that's going to be your answer for all of these. No, really, like I really because a, you know a cuff, you're cuffing your dick. It's a cock ring. According I don't know. To Urban Dictionary, it is when a guy doesn't let his girlfriend have any guy friends. Mm. John was cuffing his girlfriend all night to use it. Well, in a that's so why that makes a, kind of sense. Why have I heard? <laughs> so when I was at school, past fall. I heard undergrads talking about, they kept saying it's cuffing season. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. I'm just telling <laughs> you it's what. The, it's the season where guys don't let their girlfriends have male friends. Maybe, or vice yeah, versa. maybe just to like lock them down or something. That's, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm saying it's like a serious relationship type thing, like commitment type thing. But yeah, isn't the statement. Well, is, okay, so this is, this is what. Sexist. This is what cuffing season means. During the fall and winter months, people who would normally rather be single or promiscuous find themselves along with the rest of the world desiring to be, quote, cuffed or tied down by a serious relationship. So maybe uh, it's dual usage. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to stay warm is what it sounds like. They're I lonely. think telling your partner that they can't have friends of the opposite or same sex depending on your orientation is very controlling and weird and i would tell you to peace out Mm. next word dank looks good looks sexy yeah you look you look dank girl girl that's (laughs) dank 
Um, that's right. That's right. I mean, it's used to describe something in a high quality. Oh, yeah, nice. I've never heard it used to talk about somebody's physical, like their no, appearance. I've heard it. Well, I've, like, girl, you look dank. I usually hear this in reference to weed. Yeah, frequently used by stoners and hippies. <laughs> According to oh, Urban yeah. Dictionary. How about low key or high key? Fun fact, I got this one from you, Andrew. Low key? Yeah, you know, Matt and I and our friends used to use it a lot back in like 2009, 2010. Yeah. And then it went away, but it's recently made a comeback. I see it on Snapchat all the time now with the key emoji. I'm low-key excited. So it's like, it's a, you know, low-key sort of means like something subtle or like a small event. And then high-key is the, the opposite of that. It's not too difficult of a word to wrap your head around. But yeah, we used to use it all the fucking time. God, I'm so embarrassed that I. I feel like it's it's been around for a while. It just kind of goes in and out and in and out of phase. Because I've heard it from like 80s TV movies or something. Mm -hmm. For Loki, I say chill. Yeah. Like, I want to do something chill. Yeah. No, I want to do something chill. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. But you hear like, I'm just throwing this low key after party. Mm-hmm. Tonight, if you want to show up, mm-hmm. just low key. I never, I'm people. not invited to parties, Matt. You should know this about me. You are high key. That's why. <laughs> this is a Party. new one. How about lit? Oh, okay. Really, As really, really stoned? Really stoned. Yeah, or drunk, right? I think really? it's, I think it mostly refers to smoking. Yeah. Uh, you three are showing your age. No, but I think, isn't it also like referring to the exceptional nature of something? Like exactly. if something's really cool. Exactly. <laughs> Exceptional nature. <laughs> wow, that is of exceptional nature. Oh, God, Laura, we need to buy you a monocle. You seriously uh-huh. need to get you a monocle and a glass of candy so you can just sit there. Oh, the exceptional nature of this here word is so enthralling. It's exactly, yeah, like, it's uh, like, oh, wow, those kids are lit. So if you see kids on the street and they're, like, turning up or something, oh, man, that, that party's lit. But, like, if there was this guy getting really, really high next to them, like, could you also say that guy is getting lit up now, too? Mm, no? No. I think it's the same thing. I think so, too. Wait, like, repeat? Because I've heard, I've heard people say we got lit last night. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But she was lit as Fuck. <laughs> and and the emoji translation is the fire emoji. So you, I want you guys to start using these words so you sound like you're down with the kids. We sound so fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. How about this one? I have I didn't hear this one. It's from uh, Esther. Woke. I have no idea what this is. Um, I've heard it, but I just I don't I don't understand. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Can we guess? <laughs> You're clearly not woke. Oh, I'm not in on it? I'm not with it? Yeah, yeah, like being aware. Knowing what's going on in the community. That one makes sense, I think, if you take it literally, sort of. phone a friend. (laughs) How about this one? Uh, Nicki Minaj has popularized this one. Fleek. Isn't it on fleek? Yeah, no, I think that's a different term. Uh, Oh, like on fleek or fleek week is when like you're going out to, you know, spread your seed or <laughs> to have fun. No, it, it's 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 either according to Urban Dictionary, it just doesn't oh. have on in front of it. I I was once told by someone that my eyebrows were on fleek. Oh my god! 
That means they're on they're on point. point. Right. Point. That's what it means. You know, that's so weird because that's the one that Urban Dictionary uses as an example. Eyebrows on fleek. (laughs) Yeah, I I just said thank you and moved on. (laughs) Didn't know what was happening. And you went you went to work and you went straight to the bathroom. You were like, what the fuck is on my eyebrows? No, no, I she like probably a, ran to the bathroom, took a picture, was like, I have to copy this every day from now on. I took a someone was commenting on a picture of mine on Facebook and I like zoomed in real close. Like, what's in there? How about Dusty? This is a new one for me too. Um, um when you haven't had sex in a long time. You dusty? <laughs> like you gotta dust off that <laughs> dust off I'd knock the dust off that pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh it, it means like describing someone or something that's ugly and or badly dressed, which makes sense. Like Just that say person is ugly. Dusty. No, but no. that's not hip. That's not that's not with it. So I'm dusty right now. Mm-hmm. You are not dusty ever. Uh, listen, you can come over and see me right now. Pretty dusty. I imagine you guys know this one. AF. Yeah, of course. You've used it like five million the times time. in the last two weeks. Really? Yeah, yes. you did. You kind of went through a phase. I think that, we all just let it happen. That and y'all, I've been using a lot more than I wanted to. Wait, say that again? Y'all. No, you did not say you that. Just, you just said y'all. y'all. Well, I'm, pre- I'm pronouncing it so you understand. What no, no, y'all. No, you, no that's, yeah, that's okay. beside the point. I do like saying y'all. y'all. No, but that's not a word. No, that's not it's, how it's, you say it. Okay, guys, AF isn't a word either, but I'm starting something here. Yeah, but you don't like pronounce the the letters f <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry I am for tired my pronunciation af. of y'all um but yeah af i i hated af at first but now i'm into it and and there was a discussion in the group about that uh, one of our listeners pointed that out like she asked has anybody started to like say something resentfully and then you actually got into it it's like yeah that's me <laughs> anyway uh last one and i think we spoke about this bay Although it took me a while to learn that it means apparently before anyone else. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I thought that they meant Beyonce. (laughs) That's B E Y. That's B E Y. That's Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're talking B A E. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I always thought Bay was like 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 your your boy your significant other. Thank you. No, I've been told that's wrong. Thank you, Brianna, Vanessa, Lynn, Chloe, Esther, Tashia, Tashia, Bay, (laughs) y'all, and Nancy for your contributions there. I love stuff like this. Can we talk about this stuff all the time? This show is Bay. It it is fascinating how language evolves, and well, that's a whole other discussion. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, I I don't want to trigger anything in Laura. Okay, all right. Remember that foreign language discussion on After Dark a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. That was dank. <laughs> that was on fleek, Laura. Yeah. Okay, you obviously it was it was exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we can bring exceptional back. Yo, that party was exceptional. exceptional. I want I want us to bring back like old like 18th century words compliments insults we should. Things like that i that love way. shakespearean insults they are the best insults ever 
I mean, that's where we got the whole your virginity breeds mites much like a cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time now for Surprise Bitch. This is where we call one of our Patreon supporters. And uh, we're going to call Katie here in the United States. Hello. Hello, Katie. No, I'm sorry. It's your number. Oh, sorry about that. Do you That's listen to okay. Millennial Podcast? Huh? No. All right. Bye. God Bye. bless. <laughs> <laughs> Type her number in wrong. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. She sounded like she she'd like that. That was the right number. Oh my god. I, I was I was I've, literally taking a puff off my inhaler when that all happened and now I'm dying. I, I'm, I think I'm Katie just like pranked us. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe she did. I was like well, she's ghosting us. That's what's happening, guys. Oh yeah, it's like a surprise bitch ghosting. <laughs> all right, Elisa, you're the birthday girl. Why don't you pick uh, one more number here? Mm, let's go for 250. See, I wish we got more wrong numbers because those we can actually keep in the show. It's fun to hear. <laughs> I don't know. You were shitting yourself when it all happened. God bless. <laughs> well, this person is Becky, and she's in Australia. You can hear that Australian ringtone. Mm. Hello? Crikey. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello, Becky? Hello? Hello, Becky? Hello? Hey, yes. Bec- th- Becky. This is Millennial. What's up? Surprise, bitch. Hi. Hey. What is it? <laughs> 1, 1 p.m. over there? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. We're, we're in Australia. Um, where? Sydney. Ooh, oh, cool. I've heard of it. Yeah. What are you I've up to? Cool. What, what are you up to today? I'm <laughs> um, just doing some math. Doing some math? <laughs> yeah. I'm doing a. Um, <laughs> I'm doing a pure maths PhD, so yeah. Oh wow, that's way more impressive than what I thought you said, which was I'm doing some meth. <laughs> oh meth. <laughs> yeah, no, none of that. That would be. That <laughs> Just would got ex- yourself on Interpol shit list right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us what what do you do down there in Australia for fun? What none of us have ever been. Or in Sydney. Well, I'm pretty boring. I just do maths for fun. Um, but, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you guys should just come to Australia and find out. Yeah, like, that's, but that's what's, a, what's something cool in Sydney? Like, is there poutine there? Uh, well, you guys have Bindi Irwin, right? <laughs> uh, Sydney? No, that's, that's um, I think she's in Queensland. Oh, so that's damn. Not, Sydney's okay. in New South Wales. That yeah. is such an American thing to say. Like, the one Australian everybody knows who's still alive. The one Australian. Okay. Is it, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, like, like swimming and shit is great in Sydney. I, I, I honestly... Wait, there's the Opera House, right? Yeah, there's Opera House, Harbour Bridge. And, um, Finding yeah. Nemo. Yeah, I said Nemo. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's yeah, the question. Yeah, Nemo's my friend. That's How right. do you stay alive in Australia? Because as Americans, we hear that everything that wants to kill you is a native uh, Australian creature. I mean, there's just BuzzFeed list after BuzzFeed list of all the snakes and yeah. poisonous bats and shit. Yeah. So do yeah. So like this morning, I was just 
walking down the street and this like crocodile was just crossing the road and it tried to eat me. So it's pretty scary. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a I'm, question for you. It is I have a, a friend. I have a friend from Australia and he told me about this thing called a drop bear. Yeah. What yeah, is they a just drop like bear? fall on your head. So like you'll just be walking under like basically any tree and this massive bear. It's probably like as big as like two humans. Like they can kill you. They just like fall out of a, a tree and just like squash you. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Wait, this isn't like a real happens, thing, is it? Yeah, no, it is. Like, like it happens all the time. Like, yeah. Whoa. No, no, ma'am. No, no. This this does not happen all the time, and it doesn't happen anywhere. Well, yeah, no, it doesn't. I want you guys to come to Australia. So, it's yeah, actually really safe here. You guys place? should come. We don't have guns, well, we do, but like not as many. You as have you guys, fucking so you have to come. bears that jump off of a tree. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. We don't. Come to Australia, I am going to come to Australia because I have a friend who who visits me here, and she stayed at my place a bunch of times. So she owes me some some places in her. She actually just moved to Sydney from Melbourne. So oh okay, yeah. So. I like how you guys pronounce Melbourne. Actually, Melbourne. Oh, I know. I it's fucking Melbourne. hear from her all the time too. Melbourne. Melbourne. No, no, you Melbourne. Just, Melbourne. Like Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah, not yeah. born. And like, Jason Bourne. how do you guys say Brisbane? It's just like Brisbane. What? Brisbane. Brisbane. No, not I Brisbane. That was Brisbane. <laughs> we found not out that Brisbane. Andrew likes to pronounce everything in a word. There's no colloquialism <laughs> involved. Yeah, like I remember when Deathly Hallows came out and Andrew was like into some weird pronunciation. Oh my of god. Hallows. That took me forever to get right. Forever. <laughs> I remember this. What are you All right. talking about? He Deathly used to say Hallows. Hall- or Hollows, yeah. That's Hallows. What he used to say. It's like saying hello to someone. Hello. Right, right. Hello's. All right, Becky. Hello. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the math that you're doing. And, uh, math. math. Mathematics. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And uh, don't get, don't get uh, attacked by a bear. Thank you. Thanks oh for calling. God. All right. No yeah. problem. Thanks you guys for are awesome. Thank you so much. Bye, Becky. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Stay safe. For Christ's sake. Uh, Becky texted me to let me know she would have wished you a happy birthday, but it's already tomorrow in Australia. So, oh <laughs> my god, you guys! Like, I'm gonna get nightmares tonight. A bear, like a fucking bear, just comes out of a tree and crushes you. Like that's shit of nightmares. That's I think like, Becky... not a bear. That's a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I think Becky was on meth, by the way. She was talking fast, and I don't it's know. Just, she was probably happy that someone interrupted her meth. <laughs> math 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 brilliant accent though you know yeah, what yeah well guys i have some bad news it is a short month but that means there is good news for our patreon supporters especially those at the two dollar level next week's episode of after dark is going to be available to two dollar patrons and now's a good time to remind everybody that we're close to hitting our millennial goes to the movies milestone We've narrowed down the potential movie choices, and we're going to launch a poll once we hit the said milestone. So pledge any amount, and you'll help us reach that milestone. Plus, you'll receive great benefits at all the pledge levels. Um, And speaking of pledge levels, we still do have a bunch of t-shirts available at the $10 level. So patreon.com slash millennial can learn more about what we're offering and what's coming up. Some big things. So, actually, before we wrap up totally, we have some recommendations this week. Laura, what's yours? Yes. So, I want everybody to keep an eye on developments related to Obama closing Gitmo. As the White House came out today, 
and basically said they were leaving open the possibility that if Congress doesn't act, the president will. Mm. So keep an eye on that. Yeah. And uh, mine's a little less serious than that. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) So um, there's this great Twitter account called Airfare Watchdog. Twitter.com slash Airfare Watchdog. I've been following them for a couple months now. They seriously tweet amazing airline deals. I'm talking dirt cheap, cross-country prices, um, all routes, all areas of the country, all areas of the world, actually. Um, usually U.S. to abroad, not like, you know, London to Hong Kong. Um, but anyway, if you're in the U.S., highly recommend their Twitter account, Airfare Watchdog. And they also have a great website, too. But I like the Twitter account because it's easy to um, read the latest updates since I'm always staring at Twitter. So if you want if you like good flight deals, good vacation deals, follow them. Cool. So today on After Dark... We are going to be talking about a couple AP Choice submissions. First of all, we found, we heard from one of our listeners, Alyssa, who told us she biked the entire freaking country. And I am just in awe at that. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about um, some life talk stuff that is pretty serious. Uh, stemming off be- of our discussion last week. What do you mean life talk stuff? Like stem cells? Like what do you mean by no serious uh, Rachel is asking about career stuff. So we're going to talk about that. She got a new career and uh, she's struggling with whether or not to stay or bow out and how yeah. that will look on her resume, stuff like that. Yeah, I feel you, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk. So our outro music is actually not, well, it's going to be music, but over top of the music is going to be our listeners talking about Elisa and how great she is. <laughs> How you fucks? How did you? Guys, <laughs> how did you guys even do this? Well, we're gonna do about an hour long surprise bitch coming up right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Laura. Laura did a great job for her bay. That's you. Oh, um, for anyone else. Yep. All right. Here, here we go. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. I'm scared. Bye. Happy birthday, Elisa. Happy birthday. Elisa, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm Sarah from Las Vegas, Nevada, and my favorite thing about Elisa is her ability to seamlessly be intelligent, kind-hearted, and sarcastic beyond belief. I will always be in awe of the generosity she showed me when I was just a young fan going through a rough time. Hi, this is Ningxi from Singapore, and my favorite thing about Elisa is how she always tells it like it is. I hope you have a great day. Happy birthday. Hey guys, this is Matali from Houston, and my favorite thing about Elisa is how she explains things in politics. I will be the first to admit that I don't always understand everything going on, and from smart mouths to millennial, I have always been able to count on Elisa to explain something so well that everything just clicks. So thank you, Elisa, for your dedication to making us all a little more informed, and I hope you have a wonderful birthday. Molly Cushing here, longtime listener, first-time caller. I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday and say thank you for everything you do on the podcast you always give well-rounded thought out explanations and i always feel like i have the full story of the events that you talk about i hope you have a great day you beautiful noble land mermaid hashtag get it hashtag white girl wasted my name is alexa i'm from tallahassee florida my favorite thing about elisa is how unafraid she is to show us listeners every side of her 
In her blogs, she's talked about things that can't have been easy for her, but she's so selfless, she figures, if this even helps one person, fuck it, I'll put myself on the spot. Well, Elisa, you've helped me in ways you can't even imagine, not only with your intelligence, insight, and wit, but with everything about your beautiful, sarcastic asshole self. I love you, Elisa. Happy birthday. Hey, Elisa. It's Brianna coming to you from Pittsburgh. I just wanted to take a second to wish you the happiest of happy birthdays today because you are so deserving. I know I probably speak for all of us when I say that you are truly an amazing and inspirational person. I love how unabashedly yourself you are. And I admire your tenacity for speaking your mind and sticking to your opinions, even when others don't agree with you. I feel like if we knew each other in real life, we'd be great friends. As I see, okay, I guess as I hear a lot of myself in you. I know it's only Tuesday, but I hope you enjoyed the hell out of your day and the rest of the week and that you shower yourself with the sweetness you deserve this weekend. Happy birthday, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. It's Chris. I've been a listener since Smartmouths. I loved you then, and I love you now. Especially your political bitches segment. I do think we need to start a millennial drinking game. Take a shot every time you say the word nuance. Everyone will be hammered by the end of the show. Anyway, I hope you have a fantastic birthday. And please continue doing millennial. It's amazing. All right. Happy birthday. Hi, my name's Caitlin, and I'm coming to you from wonderful Cleveland, Ohio. Wanted to take a second and say happy birthday to Elisa, who pretty much like right out of the gate, first episode of Millennial, I knew I was just going to love her, and she became one of my favorites because the first thing she starts talking about is masturbation. And you just can't help but love a girl like that, you know? So on that note, I will just leave you with my best wishes and say happy fapping and happy birthday. Oh my Bye. God. I can't believe you ended it on that one.